When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Welcome back in, and it's 31.23 at full time here at Murrayfield. So said Tony Johnson from Sky Sport. Uh, I want to talk about that first, TJ. Uh, you commentated that game. Took a while for New Zealand to actually absolutely clinch that one, didn't it? Yeah, I mean the way they started it, Staffy, you thought they were going to cakewalk it. Mm. Uh, such a brilliant start! Uh, they were getting turnovers when they were moving the ball into space or, or kicking out wide. They looked really good. Um, unfortunately, uh, the, the, I don't know whether they sort of dialed back or things certainly got upset with the uh, the, the yellow card uh, that changed things considerably and, and I think you've got to give Scotland a lot of credit for the way they, they, they fought as you probably expect that they would I mean the last two games at Murrayfield had both been very tight and they should have beaten Australia a couple of weeks ago but in the end a couple of changes off the bench uh, some injection of some experience and just a, a, a bit more direct approach particularly in their back play uh, got them through I suppose the positives out of it I thought TJ Perinata uh, just showed that he's not actually finished as an all black yet I thought uh, Anton Leonard-Brown at 12 was far more effective. Uh, he, he actually he gave them the direction they needed. And I think uh, Dalton Papali'i has, has forced their hand, uh, and, and really, you know, just in terms of this tour, but also I think he's added uh, a lot of fuel to the fire over what's the All Blacks' um, best loose forward combination. Yeah, he had some good starch in his play, Dalton Papali'i. I think, again, um, he's improving all the time with minutes on the... On the field, and and before we leave that game, quick comment, and uh, I do like to highlight debutants. Mark Talia made a good fist of it. He did. I mean, um, he we knew that he would be hard to contain because he always has been. He, he got to put a great friend on Stuart Hogg early on, and when he attacked, he, he looked good. I mean, he did um, get stepped a couple of times. Duan van der Merwe, the guy he was marking. Uh, had a very strong game and he was stepping back and field off his left foot and uh, he might have missed him uh, on a couple of... There might have been a couple of little defensive lapses there but uh, it very much ends the test and the credit and to the point where, given the strength that he plays with, um, the ability to find the runner on the inside of him too, um, you know, he's a guy that they, they might well consider giving him another run there at Twickenham this week. And before we leave the men's game, because I do want to have a, a decent chat to you about the Black Ferns World Cup win, um, the World Rugby Player Awards nominees are out, and the two that's created the most discussion here is the ones that aren't there. Adi Savia for Player of the Year, um, not necessarily saying he should win it, but he should be in the four, and Samasoni Tokiahu for the for the emerging player or outbreak player, whatever they want to call it. I, I think both of them deserve the four, TJ. Well, certainly, you know, it's a surprise that one of them isn't there. I mean, Savia, he's been playing right in front of their noses, but I think it always pays to have a look at who's making the decisions. Um, you know, 
how much of a northern hemisphere influence there is on the judging panel. Uh, you know, I mean, there have been times in the past I've wondered just how much I've actually watched. So uh, I, I sometimes find these things a little bit hard to take seriously. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Let's go. Uh, I haven't said that. I'm, I mean, I'm, I, I'm on the judging panel for the New Zealand Rugby Awards. I hope people don't say that about us. But uh, I, sometimes some of the people that are on those panels just a bit disconnected from the game, I think. Yep, yep. And it looks like it by those <clears throat> nominees. Although the good news is uh, Wayne Smith's there, Ruby Tui's there, Portia Woodman's there, Ruhe Demont's there. And that's on the back of a wonderful campaign. And um, that was pinch myself. So I didn't think the final could elevate me as much as what the semi final did. It did, and more. Wow, what an occasion. But the big things, um, TJ, is. We have to strike now. Where to with the, the women's game? The whole country's right in behind it. They're ready to be taken on a journey. Don't stop the journey. Well, that's, that's going to be the big test, isn't it? What happens next? Um, you, you know, you have to factor in the fact it was a World Cup final. Uh, Auckland, of course, is such a uh, event-driven in terms of, you know, turning up to, to, to see um, big events. Um, you know, they, they they hadn't had a huge crowd, for example, out at um, West Auckland when they played out there. They didn't fill it out, but they certainly filled it out to the final. And that, that's just ignited everything. Um, the interest in it is unprecedented. And I think, you know, there's a challenge there now, obviously, to kick on from that. I think the starting point for me, uh, the beginning of the year, they've got to go to Australia. Uh, you know, someone's got to bang some heads together, I think. Um, but to me, the obvious first point is let's expand Super Rugby um, Alpiki was good, but it was very um, truncated. I, I think the Australians, have, you know, the women's competition looks pretty good. Let's see if we can get something going with Australia so that we have a, a bit of an international flavour to um, the, the Super Rugby because I, I, I think that that kind of elevates in terms of you know the, the standard of play. You'll see all the all the all, you know the rock stars that you want to see concentrated into four New Zealand teams. Um, so I think that would be the first thing to do. They've obviously got to. Um, I, I, my understanding is is that they are, they could play as many as eight tests next year, but at the moment there's only one scheduled for New Zealand. So that's something that they have to look at doing is, is getting the, the black ferns in front of the New Zealand public more often, as you say, strike while the iron is hot, and 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 then of course you know the, the, the test then whether this you know the great success of the World Cup can. Uh, you know, kick on. I think if they don't do that next year, um, then there's a, there's, there really is a risk that they'll they'll lose the, the appeal, the momentum, but also the public appeal that they've gained over the past few weeks. Yeah, it's almost like there's been a um, reluctant promotion of the women's game in New Zealand. Like the the O picky was cobbled together, and everyone's like, um, "They should be grateful." And and I'm like, "No, it's well overdue. That needs to be doubled." And I know that the teams were cobbled together. I think they had a week in camp, and then they played a very truncated um, season in Super Rugby O picky, and then departed again. And it's sort of came and it went, it was like a quick nap in the afternoon when you look at a rugby season I feel like now hopefully the impetus hopefully uh, the representatives on the board saw what happened they've seen the numbers, the engagement from a New Zealand rugby public that they were losing engagement stakes with, let's be honest with it TJ of what, what's gone on before the Rugby World Cup this is an opportunity Yeah, well yeah, I agree with what you said but, but it was still a very important you know, step forward 
Mm. And I think one of the most important things was the fact that it actually brought some of those outstanding sevens players, the likes of Sarah Hedini, uh, Ruby Tui, of course, who's just the darling of the New Zealand public at the moment, or the, the, the poster person for the New Zealand public, which is great. Um, other players, they, and they kind of brought some of the sevens attitudes with them because they have been very professional uh, in, the, in, in the way they run things for the last few years. And I, I think that that was significant. But as I say, it was a starting point, and, and clearly aspects of it need to be elevated and it will be next year but, but I, as I, say, I like the, the idea of sort of getting with the Australians making it you know really you know cashing in on it and then I think a lot of it's going to come down to all those people that were at Eden Park were they there just because it was a a, a World Cup final or, or were they you know there because they've been really captivated by the women's game and I, I think there's probably a little bit of both in it um, but but let's let's put it to the test and uh, hopefully we get to see uh, that wonderful team in action more than once next year and we get to see all those players uh, in, in a, a, a better, sort of more uh, meaningful, uh, elongated and intense uh, Super Rugby competition. Tony Johnson from Sky Sport. We've got a couple of minutes left, TJ. Big old test match. This is the grudge match. This is the one we hate losing the most. It's England at Twickenham. Any Kiwi that lives in and around London, they'll try and get that because then they've got bragging rights for a year. Massively important game for the country. Yes, it is. And it's it's going to be a hard one to win. The last one of the year is always very tough. Uh, and, and this one will be no exception. They tried to mix things up a bit to keep it fresh and it almost came unstuck against Scotland. So they'll be back to a full-strength team. Brodie Retallick, of course, will be back. I think that's huge because... That does enable them to play Scott Barrett at six, where we still really don't have an answer. But he at six, playing sort of like a, a you know like half lock, half loose forward, with his ability to to move bodies and you know win a bit of ball and, and run with the ball as well. I, I, that enables him, you know, with Retallick back, enables him to go in with a better balanced um, um, forward pack. I think. Um, I, the interesting one to me is who they start at hooker because I thought Cody Taylor was instrumental in New Zealand sorting things out in the second half. And he, as we all know, he's been a bit out of form at times earlier on this year, but just proofs that the player of his class, he's not going to be down for long. So I wouldn't be surprised if they start with him and bring Tokiaho off the bench uh, for impact later on in the game. Um, and then, you know, in the back line, I, I think that now that the die is cast, they, they, they've got to go back to that um, Maunga, Geordie Barrett, and I think Rico Ioane at centre, um, although they could they could look at um, um, Anton Leonard Brown, he was very good, and and maybe uh, put Rico Ioane onto the left wing because you know Caleb Clark, he's very dangerous, but he's not the complete player that uh, that Rico Ioane is, and such a good defensive player as well. So the selection's going to be interesting. Uh, England, despite Eddie Jones trying to put all the heat on New Zealand, I think he's under intense pressure. Uh, they're not happy with the way England are playing. They're not happy with the sort of muddled results and, and what have you. And, and I think he's a, he's a man who's, who's under huge pressure and he's just trying to do, uh, you know bump it off on New Zealand. So that's going to add fuel to the fire. And the only other thing I'd say, it's quickening. New Zealand will have to be so careful with their discipline because um, they know that, it, that, that you know you, you know what happens when you play at a stadium like that. You are you'll be lucky if you get a, a you know a fifty fifty split of the season. Tony Johnson from Sky, always appreciate your time. So do the listeners. Thanks for coming on on a weekly basis. Uh, really appreciate it. All right, mate. Tony Johnson from Sky Sport, massively important. Um, 
Test match this weekend against the English and Eddie Jones and I cannot wait to see the 15 and the bench because Ian Foster will put out his in his eyes and that's the important one because that's the team that plays in his eyes who is the best all black team available right now and that is finally going to be answered in the final game of the season. New sport and weather and after that we're going to catch up with Ricky Henry He is the head coach of the Kiwi Ferns who are taking part in the Women's Rugby League World Cup. And dare to dream, New Zealand, we've got the Rugby World Cup. And this weekend, we could have the Rugby League World Cup for little old New Zealand. That would be amazing. Let's go to news. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.